Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Margot Grinberg. She currently serves as the president of Movado Brand and senior vice president in e-commerce of Movado Group. In those roles, she's responsible for the day-to-day management of the brand, as well as the development and execution of the long and short-term growth strategies for the brand. In addition to managing Movado marketing and merchandising, she maintains responsibility for e-commerce sales for Movado, the brand Olivia Burton, and their Amazon North America footprint. On the show today, we talk about Margot and her personal story. You'll find out her passion for a food item very shortly. And we talk about the legacy of this company, Movado Group, which was founded by her grandfather, currently run by her father and herself. We talk about her transition from investment banking into the quote unquote family business. We talk about the market for accessories like watches, etc., where e-commerce is going and much, much more. You do not want to miss this episode with Margot Grinberg. Margot, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about watches and accessories and all things business. But before we do that, I hear I have to ask you about your love pasta. So I am more. 
a big <laughs> pasta fan. I eat it as often as possible. And really, I just am always seeking out new restaurants, whether when I'm traveling or in New York. I truly am obsessed. I think maybe I was a chef in a past life, although I cannot cook in this one, but I absolutely love pasta and I'm always looking for like the new best spot in New York for when I travel. I was on vacation with my family recently in UK, London specifically. And uh, there was this crazy little pasta place just across the river from like, I guess, London City. I can't remember the name of it, but it was unbelievable. They cooked it right in front of you. This tiny, tiny shop. And all we had was like Pepe Pequeche. Is that how you say it? Like just the Cacio basic. Pepe? Cacio Pepe. Yes. Thank you. And it was amazing. Like it blew our minds. We were like, what? This is just pasta. You're going to have was... to remember the name of this restaurant. So I go I, the next time I'm in London. I will Google it and tell you what it is because I cannot remember the name of it. And I'll put it in the show notes for listeners. So apologize, listeners. I don't have it right away, but it will, it'll be in the show notes. So you know too. But, and we're foodies. So like, Probably not connoisseurs of pasta like you, but we are. But we uh, we do definitely love food, and it blew our minds. So, All I right, well, then I definitely will need to be trying that. I I will f- travel for pasta, so I guess I might be planning my next trip to London. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, well, let's talk about business. Tell me a little bit about Mavado and and what's the scope of that business today. So Movado Group, as it exists today, is a watch and jewelry company. It was actually founded by my grandfather, Godalio Grimberg, and is currently run by my father, who is the CEO. Movado Group has a portfolio of watch and jewelry brands made up of brands we own and then also brands we license, Movado being our kind of namesake brand. So Movado as a brand itself was actually founded in 1881. Uh, in La Chaux de France, Switzerland, by a 19-year-old entrepreneur. And it's you know gone through a lot of evolutions in its lifetime. Today, we're most known for our iconic museum dial, which was designed in 1947 by a Bauhaus designer, Nathan George Horwitz, which the brand ultimately acquired the design. It's actually the first watch dial to be put in the MoMA, which I always love is like a fun fact. It really is the true essence of modern design. It is the original design, which we still, the bread and butter of what we do is the dot at the top is where the moon marker would be, which is meant to represent the sun at high noon. And it really is meant to distill time down to its purest form. That was what you know, his goal was. And it's something that remains iconic and as relevant today as it was when it came out in 1947. No, I know that. I know that look very, very well. And was learning a little bit about the business ahead of this. And, and it's always cool. Anything in the MoMA is amazing. So yeah, it's one of my favorite <laughs> museums to visit. I definitely yes. love that little tidbit, but. it's awesome. Well, uh, grandfather founded the company, father, CEO. You didn't start in the company though. Like your path, where, where'd you get your career start? And how'd you end up in the family business, quote unquote? I started my career at Barclays in investment banking in the technology, media and telecom group also known as TMT, it's a mouthful. I had this really strong vision or kind of desire that whatever I wanted to do with my career, and I certainly did not know what that was when I was you know, in college, but having a strong financial foundation would set me up to kind of figure that out, that it was important no matter whether I wanted to do something that was more creative or something in retail or really in anything that understanding how companies think about their finances, M&A, you know, understanding balance sheets, all of those different components would give me that foundation. 
And so I spent two years working on M&A and financing, securitizations. You kind of run the gamut across the TMT space and ultimately made the decision after that to make the move into Movado Group. I've always had a passion for retail. And so I kind of thought very back in my mind, I would do something that combined kind of business, more creative side of, of brand and marketing. Wasn't totally sure how I would get there. But I started at Movado Group in merchandising in our fashion brands, where I learned a lot about how we think about assortments and building product and driving sell-through, and then moved into sales, spent a few years in sales, and then had this opportunity at a time where we were actually making a couple of acquisitions to work on, on those acquisitions of a brand called Movement and Olivia Burton, kind of putting to test my, uh, my banking skills. But I was one of the few people internally who had had that experience, which really was a great opportunity for me. And then from there, I really spent a while, almost four and a half years in digital, building up our e-commerce businesses across our brands from Movado, Olivia Burton, our outlet business, and our Amazon business. And then uh, also took over digital marketing while I was in that role. And then about six months ago, I took over as president of the Movado brand, but I've been working on the brand now for almost five, six years. Wow, that's amazing. And I love the, the diversity of experience, like start, starting in merchandising, then sales, then M&A, digital and e-commerce and channels and marketing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've really engrossed yourself in the business and all aspects of it. Yeah, I think it helps to really understand how the category work, how our company works. I think it, it gave me a really unique opportunity to be able to take on the role that I now have. Awesome. And what was that transition like, you know, on the from iBanking or investment banking to, to the Movado group. Did you have any hesitations? <laughs> I was just curious what the transition was like. I think as seamless as any transition goes, I had a lot of really great mentors here that were able to help me grow throughout my career. I was able to took on a role where I didn't know a lot about, you know, obviously watches yet or the category, but I had a lot of analytical background and a lot of my first job here required a lot of analysis. So that was helped me kind of to learn about the category, but had a lot of the skills that I needed. And investment banking is a really demanding job that taught me a lot. But ultimately, I was also able to get a little bit of a better work-life balance, which I think is important as well. That's awesome. And the group, Movado, was founded by your grandfather. And your father is still running the company, it sounds like. Yes, he's the chairman and CEO today. Chairman and CEO. Okay. And so how does that aspect, that family connection, how does that impact how you think about your own leadership and, and driving innovation within the company? I think it ultimately is what creates all the passion I have and is sort of a source of a lot of inspiration. You know, I never got the opportunity to work with my grandfather, although he was around for my, you know, whole childhood and, and teenage life. And he really, I've read actually more about him as a, as a watch marketer as an adult. And he really was extremely innovative. He was one of the first people to ever market Swiss watches in the US. He, it was actually something that people didn't really value as much in the US. And also Swiss brands didn't really feel that they had to market here in order to grow their businesses. He helped kind of the whole Swiss industry weather the quartz crisis in the 70s. And he did a lot of really innovative things for, for the category and for the space. And so it really serves as a source of inspiration. I think being innovative and 
thinking, you know, future thinking is super critical to in retail and, um, and in watches. And I get a lot of inspiration from what he did. I love it. It sounds like you almost, you know, you knew your grandfather as grandfather. Yes. <laughs> and now you, you are uncovering your grandfather as a business person. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously I knew my dad and still know him as my father, but I get to learn a lot about him as a business person as well. And he's taught me a lot. Um, and it's a really unique opportunity to get to work in a business that I've known since I was a kid in a lot of ways. I'm extremely passionate about it. And it's just a really exciting and unique experience that I'm very grateful for. Let's talk a little bit about the market for accessories and what's happening in that marketplace. It's not something I've followed a ton myself. So I'm curious, like what the trends are, especially as we you know, are heading into 2024. What, what, what does the market look like? I think the retail environment is definitely in a more challenging space, I would say, overall. I don't think that's unique to accessories. I think that's across the board. I think accessories are really fun and interesting category to be a part of. We are definitely, especially with Movado, looking at these trends towards longevity and more towards luxury. And we're building out more automatic watches, which really excited about and elevating some of our price points. But it's an interesting, fun category that gets this kind of element of fashion, but also has a lot more of longevity in the watch category than a lot of other accessories. So you kind of get to blend what's happening in a lot of different in different spaces and different trends. How does that relate to, if you will, like how you reach those customers, whether that's e-commerce or in retail environments? How are you guys thinking about that or how maybe how has that landscape evolved? I think we've been talking a lot about this internally. And I think, you know, especially coming out of COVID in the last few years, we've all been very digital oriented, right? Driving e-commerce business with digital marketing and thinking a lot about that return on every dollar. And one of the things that we're really focused on right now is kind of taking a step back and thinking about how do we build brand? Vado has been a brand that's been around since 1881, which gives it, you know, a lot of legitimacy in the watch space. How do we continue to tell that story and communicate with our current consumers and the next generation? And how do we build that long-term customer relationship? Not just that for that one-off purchase today, but how do we make you a loyalist? How do we make you want to come to us for your gifts and for your next upgrade and watches? And so a lot of what we're thinking about is what is the right mix to and the right measurement when it comes to building brand? I think a lot of brands haven't focused on building that long-term relationship with the consumer in a long time. And that is what we really want to make sure we're doing for the future. As you talk about, you know, it's more cases, it's more of a luxury market now, or, and you want to elevate your price points and kind of, I guess, where you are in the market. Brand's got to be a big component. That sounds like. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that we like continue to own where we have been and then evolve and and expand for the future in those more elevated price points, but still not losing the core of who we are. And at the core of the Movado brand is offering a strong price value to our customers. I always want, when we put out a watch that's $1,000, I want you to feel like you bought and I want to make sure we put the quality and design into it that it was for a $1,500 watch. And so that will always be true to who we are, no matter what price point we're offering. And so, but making sure that you feel that experience, that luxury experience, that elevated branding when you're interacting with the brand, no matter what price point you're purchasing from us. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You've recently launched a new campaign from Mavado. How are you evolving the brand? And like, what, if you will, like, tell me a little bit about like how that campaign came about. Yeah, so I would say it's been almost a year since we've kicked off this process. We worked with outside partners. I feel like this is my baby, so it's very exciting to be <laughs> be talking about it. Even before I took on my role as officially as the president of Movado, I began this process around November of last year, where we really took a step back and we wanted to look at everything that's defined Movado since 1881, how we've evolved and how we show up in the world today, and then take all of the things that matter most to the brand. The fact that we have this artistic legacy, a strong heritage, iconic product, and strong craftsmanship and quality, and figure out how do we really communicate to that to customers today. So we're not changing who we are or our values, but how do we make sure that we're communicating effectively for our current consumers and for future consumers. And so we looked at everything that defined the brand and we've refreshed everything from our logo to how we shoot photography. And then that all culminated in what is called Connecting the Dots, which is our brand fall campaign that we just put out into the world in mid-September. And you'll see with our investments, it kind of all over this holiday season that we're really, really proud of. Launching a baby, as you describe <laughs> it, is no small feat. I mean, uh, were there any twists or turns along the way that you, you had to kind of fight through? Yeah, I think there's always challenges in terms of making sure you're making the right decisions for your current customer, for where you want the brand to be. But we have an amazing team internally and really strong partners. It absolutely takes a village to make something like this happen. So I've been no... It was by no means just me. It was a lot of people across all different parts of the company that helped make this come to life. And it's so, you know, it's just really exciting to see everyone's hard work really, you know, begin to go out there for the world to see. I've heard that corporate social responsibility is also kind of core or important to your business. Like, how are you, you know, how is Movado focusing on CSR? Yeah, I think it's extremely important to a lot of companies today and certainly important to us. We actually now publicly report on our corporate responsibility goals and then how we're trending towards those. So we have that on our corporate website. We think it's really important to be transparent with you know anyone that wants to understand what our initiatives are. And we really we launched this kind of idea. It's broken down into three parts in 2021, but we kind of really began to centralize a lot of this stuff in 2019 where we think about making time to empower, making time to evolve, and making time to enrich. And it really plays on the three, three of the core values to, to Movado Group, which is 
how do we ensure that we have a workforce that is engaged and diverse and inclusive? How do we make sure that we're making the world a better place, reducing our carbon footprint? We track that really closely now and measure improvements and, and make a lot of decisions around that. You know, today we make over 100 products across our company with sustainable materials that we didn't use know, in the past and try to look at end of life and how we can reuse things in a way that we never did. And of course, also, we have a charitable arm of the company where the Movado Group Foundation supports over 15 organizations every year. And we're really proud that we're able to give back to causes that are important to our employees and causes that are important to the company. And so it's something that we will continue to be publishing on an annual basis and make sure that we can continue to try to do our part in making the world a better place of course, making our company a better place to work. Sounds fantastic. And I also love alliteration. So empower, evolve, and enrich works very well as well with all the ease. Love it. Yeah. And of course, we played on time a little bit. You can't help it. You know, we're a watch company. So that's why it's make time for each one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> pun you can't intended. help when you, when you yeah. work at a watch company to use some time puns here and there, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. If it works, it works, right? Exactly. One thing that I'm reflecting on is you uh, spent some time in iBanking, joined Movado Group. You are, a couple of things stand up to me. Grandfather, father, you are not male, you are female. (laughs) And you are also relatively young, but also a hugely successful executive. You've learned the business in and out. How do you think about yourself as a successful executive who is both a woman and relatively young for where you are in in your career? Yeah, I think I've been thinking a lot about this recently as I think it's, you know, a topic of conversation that that often comes up. And I think to me, when I look back on on a lot of how I got to where I am, I, you know, I think like, what did I do? And I think the thing, and it's not complicated and it's not rocket science, but I've always asked a lot of questions. I always seeked out mentors within the company. A lot of women mentors, our former CMO, Mary Leach, who was here for over 20 years, is never once worked for her while she was here. But I spoke to her weekly with the questions about what she thought about the industry, the business, what didn't know that I you know, wanted to understand better. And I always spent time, even outside of the teams or the divisions that I was working on, trying to understand little parts. Because I think you understand a little bit more about supply chain, if you understand a little bit more about finance, if you understand a little bit more about product development, it can ultimately help you to have a more wholesome picture of your company and therefore ultimately have a role with a broad kind of scope. And I'll never be the product development expert, but I think by having the understanding, I can work with our product development team as we're making product, understanding how the gross margin works, all of those different elements. And so... I think it's just asking questions and seeking out advice and, and spending a little extra time goes a really, really long way. No, I, I love both of those uh, suggestions and, and something everybody can learn from. So, and, and mentors, it sounds like Mary was not only, you know, somebody you saw advice from and insight, but ask questions, but maybe also an element of a, a mentor of sorts as well. Absolutely. I consider her one of a mentor that really helped shape a lot of my career today. It's always fun to learn about businesses like Movado Group and, and what you're doing. And you've got a lot of things going on and it's a very dynamic marketplace. We also love learning a little bit more about you. We know you love pasta. I do. <laughs> I do love pasta. 
My favorite question to ask everybody that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that makes up or defines who you are today? When I get asked that question, which I will say is not often, and it's an unbelievable question, but there really is only only one thing that really comes to mind. I was actually nine years old. My mom passed away of breast cancer. And so it's over 20 years ago, but it really is so much of what defines a lot of, of who I am. And I think it informs how I look at business, how I look at relationship, and how I, you know, go through challenging moments. And I think it also just taught me how resilient people are. And I think that's a really important thing. I think you have to be resilient in business. You have to be resilient in your personal life. And so it really is what I think defines a lot of who I am. And I think it taught me a level of empathy too, that maybe I, who knows, like who I would be if that hadn't happened. But I think empathy is also really important in your career, especially as you, you know, learn to manage you know, a much broader team as well. So I think it has for sure been one of the most defining things that shaped who I am. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry for your loss. I, I know it was a while back, but I'm sure it still still hurts. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I think I know that you would be proud of, of where I where I am. And I'm very lucky to have such amazing friends and family that have always supported me. So I am also very grateful for everything that I've been able to have in life as well. What advice would you give your younger self if you were starting this journey all over again? And I always hesitate asking this question when, when you're already young. So, yeah. uh, but, but maybe you can think back and, and think. About it. Well, I will say I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> There's no question in life and in career and in business. But one thing that I think that I, and I still, by the way, I'm giving myself advice that I should still take. So maybe that's <laughs> still need to grow more. But I think it's about being flexible. Like life certainly doesn't go according to plan. I think you always think like, oh, I have this career plan. I have this life plan and all of these things. And they never quite happen the way you want them to. Business certainly doesn't go according to the plan. You know, the world changes and you have to be flexible and pivot with that. So I'm still taking, I still need to take this advice as, as I say it, but I think being flexible and being adaptable and, and open to change. Awesome. Uh, great advice. Now cool. I need to take the advice, you know? <laughs> Yes, 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 maybe so. But now you have an audio reminder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just have to re-listen to this and I'll remind myself just to take a step back you know, and be a little more flexible. I love it. Well, on the marketing front, are there is there any topic either you're trying to learn more about yourself or you think you know, marketers in general should be learning more about? Yeah, I think this goes back to something we talked a little bit about earlier around kind of how do you build brand loyalty? What are the right vehicles of marketing today? You know, the world's changed a lot. We've shifted so much into digital and that is where people are spending their time, right? They're on, you know, Instagram, they're on TikTok, but how do you make sure that you're building true brand loyalty and really something that a brand that can be passed down that people, the next generations are going to want and to resonate with them. And so, you know, we're constantly thinking about like, what's the right media mix between digital and outdoor and there's print and there's a lot of places that you can be spending your dollars. And then what is the right measurement for those two, right? If you're looking for the immediate return on that ad spend, you're never going to find it. And so I always think it's like, how do you figure out what's the right short-term, long-term measurement and what's the right mix to build brand and drive the sales and revenue that you're looking for? And so I don't think there's like some magic bullet, but it's certainly what we're thinking about, what I want to keep understanding, learning more and what I think these brands definitely need to be thinking about as well. 
No, and there's been, I mean, it just in like I'd say the last five to five to ten years, maybe, maybe, maybe five, to be honest. More advancements in our ability to model and analyze both the short and long-term impact. And so we're getting better at it, but there's still a long way to go to your point. Yeah. And I think in marketing too, like because we've gotten so focused on measurement, there also still is this like piece of it that still is a little bit instinct and gut and, mm-hmm. and trust in, in some mediums and in some, you know, ways to reach consumers and it sounds world where measurement's key and critical. And don't get me wrong. I believe measurement and testing and and learning is a, a critical to success of marketing today. But I do think there is a little bit of gut that we have to not forget about as well and instinct based on experience and, and kind of seeing what's happening out there. No, one of the things I love to talk about when we get too geeked out on measurement with folks I talk to on a regular basis is I say, well, show me the model. And then as soon as they show me the model, I'm like, there's an assumption I can break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. I know there's always assumptions built into a lot of the models, even though they're, you know, complex and, and give you a lot of data. Exactly. Well, are there any trends or subcultures that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? I think the thing that I'm thinking about a lot right now, I actually just recently got back from a trip in China. And so I think there's a lot to learn from travel and how different parts of the world do retail. I spent, I think I went to like 60 malls while I was in China for 12 days, all different types mm-hmm. of stores. And I think I learned a lot about how their the retail experience and what they're offering consumers there that, you know, maybe we're not offering here across brands. And I was in Dubai recently before that. And I think there's a lot to learn from traveling and understanding what works in different markets and how can that be applied to yours or the markets that you're focused on. So for me, travel is kind of really key to seeing, you know, what are the trends around the world that, you know, things often start in one part of the world and then become super critical in another. And so I like to be able to see what's happening. Um, And I think that's a really good way to kind of make sure that you're doing the right thing in different markets and for different brands. Awesome. Well, my last question for you, what do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? I think this plays on some of the brand building kind of conversation that we had earlier. But I think the biggest opportunity is how do you think about longevity in your marketing? And I think meaning how do you make sure that you're building long-term relationships with your consumers and that your brand can be relevant for the next 50 years. That's how I'm really thinking about Mavada today. There's a lot of brands that have come and gone over the last 10, 15 years. And I think a lot of that has to do with making sure that you build a real foundation and a real story that can connect with people and then how you evolve that over time. And so for me, I guess it's a connection between brand and marketing, but I think it's the biggest opportunity and also the biggest threat. And you see a lot of brands that have struggled with this over the last five, 10 years and have come and gone. And that really, to me, has to do with not building that real foundation of who you are as a brand and how you communicate that to through your messaging. And marketing. I love that. I love that answer. And it's even more poignant coming from somebody that <laughs> this business was founded by her grandfather and building strong brands that are going to last the the next 50 years is about preserving that legacy to a certain degree as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I sure hope so. I mean, it's, I feel honored to have the responsibility of, of a brand that has been around since 1881 and that will continue to hopefully be around for the next 100 plus years. And it's just been a really exciting and 
fun journey for me. And I look forward to continuing to work on the brand for, for years to come. Margo, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story, your, your personal story, your business story, your love of pasta. Can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And you definitely owe me the name of a restaurant in, <laughs> in London that serves the best Couchio Pepe. I will, I will get that name to you and to listeners, I promise. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today. And you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 